The secularization of our society, the media, schools, churches, and government institutions has created a vacuum where one has been able to capture the heart and soul of the vulnerable generation. At no time in modern history has occultism in its various forms been so widely practiced as it is today. Here are some things that concerned parents can look out for. You can see warning signs sometimes in a perfectly happy, healthy child who suddenly changes so dramatically in his behavior. Or a child who goes missing for maybe two hours, um, say Friday night every week, and can't tell you where he's been. Or a child who begins to show signs or, or suspicions of drug abuse. You will see the same withdrawal symptoms as you would with drug abuse, where there is a change in personality, aggression, a rebelliousness towards uh, the parents, difficulty in sleeping, um, temper tantrums and wanting to uh, stay in their room so that they can play with the altar or call upon the gods. Pay attention to what, you know, his notebooks, things like that. What's he really scratching or drawing on his notebooks, you know? What's he doing at home, you know? Is he withdrawn into himself? Did he, is he avoiding the rest of the family? Look into the room. Or what kind of heavy metal albums are they listening to? Is it black metal like Venom or Slayer or King Diamond? Or is it Ozzy Osbourne, things like this, or Motley Crue? Uh, also look in their room. Do they got ritual paraphernalia in their drawers or under their bed or under their mattress? You also need to be aware of what I call spiritual hygiene, the, the concept that, that if a child is bringing home things, uh, rock music posters, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, little demonic toys, uh, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, uh, any of these kind of things can be used as familiar objects and that means that they, they are used by Satan to say, okay, you have given me a legal doorway to come into this house. You might be a Christian, but that doesn't matter. You have an idol in your house, I can come into your house and I can assault your kids. I had a mother call me and tell me about a 13-year-old daughter. The daughter was losing sleep and was vomiting blood. And she said this all happened after a ritual was performed on the daughter by another junior high school student. Now, I asked the mother, well, what about the child's room? Do you see anything in the room that would give you an ind indication that she's really into this stuff? Well, she does have black candles in the room and she has a skull and she has heavy metal posters all over and most of her clothing that she's been buying is all black. I told the mother, I suggest you go into the room and clean it out. Many parents don't understand that they have the right, and not only the right, Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. 
All right. You want me to go first? Yeah. All right. This one is from Sinister Swamps. Oh, yeah. All right. And this story is from the Great Dismal Swamp. Oh, wow. All right. A couple who built their cottage on one of the swamp's many small islands had trouble scratching a living from the bog. When the husband suddenly died from presumably natural causes, the widow became a hermit. Perhaps it was the horrible, shocked look upon his death face that caused her to withdraw. Within a short time, her once beautiful demeanor took on the ravages of age as her face became wrinkled and shriveled, her teeth blackened, and her hair transformed to gray straw. The locals felt pity, even when a round of disease began to take their livestock. But that was short-lived. Soon people also began to die of unknown causes. Stamped with the very same look of horror upon their faces as the widow's husband, one unlucky resident described visions of terrifying things which appeared on the walls and ceiling of the room as she breathed her last breath. Oh, God. <laughs> At the moment she expired, someone noticed a cat-like creature sorry, with satin black skin lurking just outside in the moonlight. Several men ran out the door and pursued it through the woods where, where it finally ended up at the widow's island cottage. They were shocked to find the hermit woman sitting in front of a fire, chanting in a strange tongue. Superstitions ran wild, so the locals brought the woman to trial and found her guilty of witchcraft. The sentence was death by burning at the stake. On the night of the planned execution, it is said the entire community turned out to watch. Not surprising. <laughs> People love that shit. All right. Um, the suspected witch was tied to the stake and the fire was set ablaze. However, before she was burned, one of the men took pity on her and cut one hand free so she was not in total discomfort. In that moment, she pulled forth a strange ball and cast it into the air. It flew into the darkness where suddenly she made her escape by following a string that fell behind, the, behind it. The crowd gasped as the witch screeched into the woods, never to be seen again. <laughs> That's I went, awesome. I went with witches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a hero. I love it. That's crazy, right? Yeah. The cat like creature in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um okay, I got a little article from a old paranormal zine called Ghost mm. Truckers. Nice. That I found online. Uh it's the from the Ghost Trackers newsletter, October 1990, the Happy Halloween issue. And this is an article by the Reverend Maria DeAndrea from Hicksville, New York, about hobgoblins. Oh, okay. 
Many people have heard of the Hobgoblin, and some as a child listened to stories of them on a negative level. Children's stories to keep them in line. Storytelling for fun, but nonetheless scary. Myths, tales, and stories come down the line through generations, are retold so often and in varied ways that at times it is forgotten that there was ever a truth that they were based upon. Hobgoblins are nature spirits. They are also known as goblins on a more familiar level, able to be seen by some people, such as psychics or people. Oh, shit. My iPad died. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was the hobgoblins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got it plugged back up. I'll have to wait a minute. Okay. I, I can move on to my other thing. Okay. Okay. And we'll come back to that. Okay. This is a, um, from a great book I got called Quarter Century Studies of UFOs in Florida, North Carolina, and Tennessee by mm-hmm. George D. Fawcett. Um, George D. Fawcett was one of the early UFO investigators, and mm-hmm. he was from my county. He w- he lived in Lincolnton, which is about 20 minutes away. Oh, okay. He lived and died here, and uh, I think this was his only book, but he wrote dozens of articles for all the old ufo magazines okay and he was well known with all those guys all that early wave of ufo guys um right yeah but the, yeah it's cool my copy of this book even has his personal address stamped on it <laughs> oh wow pretty neat yeah um but i think he's passed away i'm pretty sure but this is um, just a little bit from uh, the chapter Quarter Century Study of North Carolina UFOs. All right. On April 27, 1952, the first reported North Carolina landing of a UFO complete with pilot was reported from Lumberton. The UFO with quote, occupants, incidents are far more prevalent than commonly thought on a global basis, and I suspect least often reported by eyewitnesses because of the fear of ridicule. In that, about 25% of the more than 3,000 landings or low-level hoverings have involved humanoid-like creatures being seen either inside the UFO's or outside of them on the ground. The Lumberton businessman James Allen reported that the saucer-shaped craft, about 10 feet wide and 6 feet high, actually hit his house chimney and then landed Mm. in his yard. The UFO pilot, almost 3 feet tall, emerged from the landed UFO. The frightened observer asked if he was hurt, but the little man did not respond. Instead, he got back inside the UFO and it took off with an intense whistling sound and left the area. In the fall of 1966, a truck driver reported he almost ran over a small man dressed in a silver spacesuit while driving on a road between Winston-Salem and Elkin. 
The spaceman ran off into the nearby woods to avoid contact and disappeared. This report bears a striking similarity to the report of two two prospectors in Death Valley, California on August 19, 1949, who witnessed a crash crash landing of a disc-shaped flying object. Two Mm -hmm. small men jumped out of it and the prospectors gave chase. They lost the little fellows in the sand dunes, and when they returned to the landing site, the craft was gone. Though no craft was observed in this North Carolina incident, the evasiveness of the occupant was obvious and speedy. On a warm night during either July or August 1968, a Mount Airy housewife had a Mm hair-raising experience. She reported that between 2.30 a.m. and 3.30 a.m., she watched a domed UFO with windows hover about 90 feet behind her home. The object appeared to be 50 feet above the ground. Her attention was drawn to the object's presence by the frantic barking and scratching on the front door of the home by her pet dog. When admitted, the dog trembled in fright. UFOs often give off ultrasonic sounds, which are inaudible to the human ear. But on this occasion, the housewife heard what sounded like, quote, like a swarm of bees. How many times have we heard that? Right, right. Outside her house. She watched the object through the front door window and her bedroom window as the dog hit up under her bed and continued to shake. Suddenly, the house lights dimmed, so the witness became even more frightened and cut them off. And after four minutes, shut her bedroom curtains because of her great fear of the mystery object. Prior to Mm. this, however, she noticed that the UFOs had windows on it, easily visible in the close encounter. She could see through one of the transparent windows on the dome a person, quote, like a small child, about three to four feet tall and wearing some sort of silver helmet. Later, the UFO moved across the street and hovered above a wooded area where it stayed for almost 25 more minutes. The next morning, she found that the three electric clocks in her home were running about one hour slower than her battery-operated clock. Mm -hmm. As the effects of the UFO counter, the witness suffered sleeplessness, dimming of vision, and headaches. A power failure was reported in her neighborhood that night. Yeah, that's that's a fun little book. I like it. And they're little. and, And the little silver jumpsuits. Yeah, it's... It's funny those old cape that well that one wasn't too old but the sixties and the fifties mm-hmm. you hear more and more of that the suit right and you know it's even the green skin sometimes right right that's interesting yeah that's interesting all right let me I'll do this one's from the big. I didn't write it down. The, the big <laughs> book of ghosts, like Virginia ghosts. We'll have it in the show notes. The big book okay. of Virgin, Virginia ghosts. Yeah. Um, this one's called The Telltale Teeth Marks. And this account was told by James Ta- Taylor Adams himself in 1940. He said that he heard it as a child from his mother. And he is... Oh, I didn't print it out, so I know I'm just going off memory here. But he's um, the guy um, in the 40s who 
like the Ferrum College um, database. Like he went in Appalachia and interviewed like all these people about different stuff, stories. Oh, cool. So he's the guy that did some of the interviewing. But this story's from from himself that you heard from his mother. Cool. Years ago, the old dog cabins didn't have any locks on their doors like they have today. They had a hole honed through the door facing and they ran a chain through there and put a padlock. Sorry. I can't turn the page <laughs> on it. And they also had a hole in the door where the cat could go in and out at night. This one woman kept having this dream. She would dream of a night that she would hear the chains rattling on the door there. And every time they rattled, there would be a big black cat jump up on her head and get on her chest and it would always smother her to death she said she couldn't hardly breathe with the cat on there was like a dead weight and this happened night after night she finally told someone about it some of the neighbors and one of them said you know this old lady that lives down the road here by herself she is a witch and says she got mad at you about something and this is her. She turned herself into a cat. The next time she does that, you get her by the foot and you bite her. And that will stop her. <laughs> <laughs> so the next night, this woman went to bed and said just before she went to sleep, she heard the chains rattle on the door. And here come the cat. It jumped right on her in the bed. It was so heavy, she felt like it was going to mash her plumb through the bed and said she couldn't hardly breathe. She said she grabbed the cat by its front paw and stuck it in her mouth and bit real hard. <laughs> <laughs> said the cat squalled and jerked its foot back and took off through the door, and she heard the chains rattle as it went out the door. And the next day, some of the folks walked by the house where the old witch lady lived down there and she had her hand all bandaged up. And she died a short time after that, but she wore the bandage on her hand as long as she lived. After she died, some of them took the bandage off, and there were teeth marks on her hand. Oh. <laughs> Bite it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great stories. I'll have more next time because I just found like this treasure trove of um it's like it was this like website or newsletter from like the eighties and nineties, like yeah. when the internet like got popular, you know. And it was like this newsletter of like stories, people sharing mountain stories and stuff from like where I live. Yeah. So it's like it's treasure. It's there's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff, so yeah. I've been grabbing those. The one you sent me was incredible. I'm not finished. I'm like halfway through, but it was really like um, a history of my state. Yeah. It was so good, oh, yes. and, and it was I so forgot. much. It was so much I didn't know about the uh, um, the early Native Americans and um, mm -hmm. it was re it's really good. I'm like halfway done, but there's, I'm just now getting. Yeah. It's good stuff, right? Part. Yeah. It's awesome. I totally forgot. I did that when yeah. I was looking, 
when I found stuff on my area, I was like, well, there's got to be somebody who had to have like collected stuff for your area. Yeah, thank you. Was, I, I love it. <laughs> the, um, there was a really good story in there, and I'll keep it short because I don't have it handy, but um, about this dude who lived close to me and mm-hmm. in the late 1800s, and he was such a badass. He was a moonshiner. Mm-hmm. And had like 42 kids and all the kids lived on, you know, his farm with him. Mm-hmm. And they were like a little army. And uh, the guy was such a badass that they dragged him into court one time. He punched the judge in the face and walked out and they refused to arrest him. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy was a beast and, and just all the stuff he did it was they devoted a whole chapter to him i was like yes this is so cool yeah there's some good stuff like i was reading the other night i was reading like all night and i like i put up on instagram i found my house mentioned (laughs) and um, yeah yeah i was like that's my house that's (laughs) so cool (laughs) but yeah really really good stuff like that's just just think like all the things that have happened on your land, you know, right? It's it's amazing. I love it. Right. Yeah. And then I went when we went to the lake this weekend to check out the lake and stuff, and it's massive. It's it's like a dam, Philpot Dam. Yeah. And then there's like all these parks because there's so much water. There's like all these parks, yeah. and um, and I told you we stopped in the one park, and let Sadie play in the playground and this other family came with their kids and we were talking to them. And um, the, I was talking to the lady that owns the gas station where you hunt for fairy stones. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, yeah. stop on by. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And she pulled some out of her purse and showed me what they look like raw. Wow. The fairy stones. Yeah. Well, did you find any? I didn't go look. Oh, yeah, you hadn't been yet. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I, I'd, so cool. I'd love to have one. Yeah. I didn't go look. But yeah, it was cool. She was like, yeah, stop on by. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, I'm finding a lot of really good stuff. And there's like a lost silver mine legend. I'm finding all kinds of stuff. That's great. Yeah. The, the book you sent me, um, I, I never knew this, but, you know, we've talked about Brown Mountain, the Brown Mountain Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Morganton, which is my county, and it's close to me. And uh, there was a story in there, evidently, um, around the same time as the gold rush in California, there was mm-hmm. a gold rush there. Uh, yeah. In North Carolina, in, in Morganton, they had um, found a load of it and pretty quickly uh got it off but that's that's interesting because i was reading the same thing about here which is you know it all connects right yeah yeah because where i'm at goes down to where you're at but um it yeah i read the same thing that in the dan river it was like a gold rush in that area it's amazing yeah i had no idea it's crazy and there's paranormal shit going on in both of those areas Yes. And yours. <laughs> the lady that was showing me the raw fairy stones. 
Yeah. She was like, sometimes you'll find a little bit of red in it, and that's like little chips of garnet. I was like, well, damn. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, and a lost silver mine here. I have to look into that. Yeah, there's a, there's a little town uh, right by here, like 20 minutes down the road, called Hiddenite. And uh-huh. Hiddenite is this rock that's only found there. Uh-huh. And it's called Hiddenite. And uh, there's a lot of mines there where you can go and uh, uh, people find all kinds of rocks, all kinds of different things. And, uh, yeah, I need to get out there sometime. It's a really cool town. They they have a uh, – uh, there's, like, a nudist colony there. And there's a cult that's been there for a long time that runs a restaurant. And my mom said the restaurant's great. Interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a cool little town. It's beautiful. Interesting. And it's just like when you start digging through like the local like history folklore kind of sites that collect yeah. all this stuff. You might have to sift through, like, there's, like, recipes, and then there's, like, but even when you're sifting through, like, just mountain stories or whatever they categorize them, you'll find, like, all this, like, cool stuff. (laughs) Just kind of got to go through it. It's great. Definitely. It's so much fun. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's, um, uh, given me a renewed interest to... uh, it's like sometimes when I get, uh, I don't ever get bored with this or the paranormal, but sometimes right. when I just like lose focus, I just like to come back to the local mm-hmm. stuff and it like renews my passion for it, you know? Right, it's right. It's kind of a good, uh, um, kind of a good, good bedrock. Just always come mm-hmm. back to the stuff that's happening close to me. Yeah. yeah, I found so many good stories, but I'll save. I mean, I didn't print any out or anything for this time, but yeah, there's some good ones, okay, like good. really good. Stuff. And then, of course, some of them are so gruesome. You're like, oh, I don't know if I'll share that. Yeah, the podcast. <laughs> That's funny. There was one of the fairy stories that was so yeah sick that I was like, I don't even want to uh... talk about it because it bums me out. You know. <laughs> But eventually, right. I'll, I'll tell it because it, it is pretty interesting. Right. Um, oh, for for fairy stuff this week, since I read about the witches who turned into cats or cat, cat familiars, um, there's a fairy cat um, in Scottish lore, and I think Irish lore too. Um, and it's the cat, well, I'll say it like you would type it, right. cat Sith. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pronounced uh, um, she. It looks like it's pronounced. Yeah, I think uh, it's I think it's said to pronounce it like she or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, think, I think that's how. The, but if you want to uh, type it in, it's cat Sith. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but um, but it's I, a large black cat. You know about her? Him, him. He's the king. Kind the king of. Of the kind of. It's a large black cat probably as big as a dog but it has a white spot on its chest and it's um so there's all this folklore like leaving out milk for it on Samhain like you know and um so you may get a blessing from it and then there's um keeping vigil when someone dies 
like um it's like a second week like they keep vigil because if the cat passes over the dead body could steal its soul and then there's like this weird torture a cat ritual kind of thing which i don't want to make any judgments on or whatever it's just the idea of if you go through all this and and torture the cat the cat fairy is going to come you know rescue the cat and grant you a favor in return or something you know what i mean like make a deal (laughs) but the part the part that fit in with what i was talking about was um um it's also said associated with witches and that a witch can turn into the cat eight times but if they do at the ninth time they're stuck as a cat Eh? oh wow the nine nine yeah thing yeah yeah so I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then, uh, speaking of aliens, I haven't finished reading this, so I should, really shouldn't talk about it. But somehow I came across, I was reading alien accounts. Actually, I was reading Preston Dennett. I was reading um, phone calls from aliens, which was really interesting. Oh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about that later Yeah, in another episode. But then yeah. somehow looking up some other stuff from that i guess um i came across this book called alien hair right yeah and so i just started it but it's this guy who um two beautiful female aliens like would visit him or visited him in bed was he and do you remember where Oh, where did he live? So many of those cases were South America. That's what I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look because I'm just okay. like, I mean, this would be great for an episode, but I, I just have to bring it up because it was, I was just reading it last night. <laughs> but, um, some I don't know what's going to happen, but somehow he, you know wakes up like did this really happen and all this stuff and he and he has hair on his penis so he has a sample (laughs) so i don't know what's gonna happen but i'll let you know (laughs) (laughs) but it it was was just two women yes wow not one two showed up one blonde and one brunette how about that gosh now he was on some pain pills yeah he Still, was on that, no pain point. He was. He that, said right. he was only on codeine. He was on codeine. Yeah, that's nothing. Okay, he's like I was on. It was on, and he said, and he even like after he's describing what happened, he was like, and look, I, I I've had a threesome before, so this isn't like some weird fantasy in my head that right, you know what I mean, like yeah, <laughs> right. And then um, and then but it was just funny because like the blonde was like had Farrah Fawcett hair but looked human but didn't look human like exaggerated yeah and I don't know it was interesting so I'll see where that goes wow (laughs) the alien hair yeah and uh, some if anybody listening is read it they're probably like oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah we we found a lot of those cases for the first episode, remember? Oh, my God. And I find them all the time, don't you? Yeah. It's like, ah, there's another one. Yeah. There's another one. 
<laughs> and then it goes back to that thing of like I was just reading about um, people who see occupants, how many people don't say anything because they're like, people aren't going to believe me, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking about, because I was reading after our last episode with the Ledbetter stuff, I was reading um, Thought Forms, which is another book Yeah. Um, that he was part of. And, um, and then I was thinking about um, just thinking about that, like Thought Forms and um, like Dion Fortune said that sometimes you accidentally you create them right and she had an ex- she had an example where she was either angry or upset about something and she created accidentally a werewolf yeah <laughs> like she did it like oh oops you know like, <laughs> there's a werewolf so it's like that's an interesting you know angle it to it it is like do we do we clothe clothe things you know when when we're in these intense situations i don't it's, it's right weird. and 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 is that is that is that what's happening on a larger scale with the phenomenon is the right the, the phenomenon shifting to our right. new, you know to the changes in the culture and uh um, how much of it is us yeah yeah and, coloring it or right right it's um you know whatever it is um we're just seeing seeing it through our filters you know and it's uh except your light story like that's where like i believe that like like i'm really fascinated with the thought form thing and like how much of it is us um whatever filling in the blanks and painting something a certain way you know what i mean whether it's yeah. scary or whatever um but there's still something underneath of it do you know what i mean there's right. still oh, yeah. something that happens to put you in this like either scared state or awed state or, or whatever yeah and like with your lights i mean that didn't turn into anything that scared or uh anything else to you did i mean it was just no, this random no, it, it, well you know some cases it does but um, right uh the lights have been consistent for hundreds right. of years you know they right. um yeah that still uh blows my mind that that one book we read or i read uh where the guy treats it like this modern phenomenon. It's like, really, man? Right. You missed all that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, there's an old newspaper account that I could find, I can find. But it, like back then, sometimes they would call them fireballs too. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, how would you describe it? You know, not a light, if you right. have lights, but fireballs. And there was one newspaper article where the guy saw it in his bedroom right yeah. and it turned, it turned into a woman in black and he ran, he ran out of the house wow <laughs> yeah. yeah those those are some of my favorite stories when uh the lights either have little humanoids inside of them or or they turn around 
or like the one from uh, Pennsylvania where the Bigfoot's holding one of them. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. The mm-hmm. uh, uh, Timothy Renner did a illustration of it on where the footprints foot footprints. Yes, in, in yeah, it's great. <laughs> and Grant Cameron, there's an episode of his podcast or he's being interviewed on something, but he talks about it too. Like, um, like it's energy. Like that's, you know what I mean? That's like the vehicle is this like ball, ball of light, this ball of energy. Yeah. um, Zelia Edgar talked about it in, um, as a consistent thing too. And, Mm -hmm. uh, her book about how many of the uh, accounts she's gone through, that's the intro. Right. Is the the lights, and then it kicks off into high strength. Right, with with him saying, so when he's saying that, like, that's just the vehicle, like, that's the, it's an energy ball. That, so, exactly. so is, are they ghosts? Are they this? Are they that? It's, it could be any of it. It could <laughs> be anything. Yeah, and, and even going back to, uh, remember I told you about my great grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, they, um, uh, the uh, woman had died. I think it was her sister, and it flew out of the house. Right. So that was uh, her. her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, um. Yeah. So it. Uh, I. I can. I kind of like that. Uh, yeah, that makes that sense model. to me. That kind of. Yeah, it makes um, sense. It's not boxing it in a certain category. No, it just, but it means it's something. Right. It's <laughs> like it's, I see this ball of light. I don't. I don't know what it is. Right, <laughs> it's and it's something it's still loose enough. It's it's not a uh, belief system or an either or. It's kind of it's loose enough to say, okay, that works for now. That's a model that'll work for now. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. <laughs> You got any more? You got any more stories? No, that's all I brought. <laughs> oh, really? Do you want me to finish the hobgoblin? Yeah, if it's up, yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, this is uh from a old paranormal zine from 1990 called the Ghost Tra- Ghost Trackers newsletter, and it's the Halloween issue. And this article is about hobgoblins by the Reverend Maria D'Andrea from Hicksville, New York. Many people have heard of the hobgoblin, and some as a child listen to stories of them on a negative level. Children's stories to keep them in line. Storytelling for fun, but nonetheless scary. Myths, tales, and stories coming down the line through generations are retold so often and in varied ways that at times it is forgotten that there was ever a truth that they were based upon. Hobgoblins are nature spirits. They are also known as goblins on a more familiar level. Able to be seen by some people, such as psychics or people who are sensitive to the non-physical realms. Sometimes you may be more open to your psychic levels. These nature spirits are really fairies. However, fairies have numerous categories. 
mainly due to people needing to label and identify in this matter to clarify for them, for themselves. Mm-hmm. The name goblin is given to the spirits which are more mischievous. These nature spirits are on a lower mentality level and thus are also unreasonable. <laughs> if one is in your home area and you made contact, this is not a spirit you could explain your situation to and ask it to leave. Right. You would need to make it a command for it to be of any effect. Hobgoblins like to make contact and be seen when possible on a psychic clairvoyant level. This is due to the mischievous attitude and the spirit having fun and delight and causing surprise, unsettlement, or chaos. <laughs> Sometimes these spirits are also known to be shapeshifters, thus they can appear on and off as animals or thieves, among other forms. These nature spirits are also known for their small, heavy set bodies and rough-looking countenance or scary looks. Mm. Although at times these hobgoblins goblins are dealing from negative aspects they can just be minor troublemakers all right. spirit is under our control being in the physical body we all have free will over spirit thus any spirit that you may come into contact with and do not want around you can control it having to leave <laughs> simply state as a command that the spirit has to leave now state that you are commanding this through the power of god buddha or whoever to you in divine power mm -hmm. keep repeating this on and off until the spirit leaves and it will since it does not have control you do when you hear myths or legends you can look into them more and find the base cause or truth that it grew from there are numerous nature spirits and the hobgoblin is only one form of them think mm -hmm. of them as a more mischievous fairy Mm -hmm. that's a good little article yeah I flashed on tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> I flashed on wasn't there like a movie like I think it was one of those like horror movies with like multiple stories and wasn't there one with like a cat and oh god it, it not only that it was filmed it was in like my a... old town <laughs> It's cat's eye. Yes, thank Stephen you. That King when you were telling, yeah. when you were talking about the hobgoblin, like that popped in my head. Yeah. Wasn't it that, something like that? It, yeah, and it, but, Drew Barrymore was the little girl. Yeah, and the cat was like protecting right? from the hobgoblin. It had a little hat and yeah. uh, little boots and stuff. Yeah, I love that one. That was that oh was my such god, such a good movie. And yeah, that, that popped was my in my head. Story for, that was the last story, and that was the best one I thought. Yeah, that popped yeah. in my head. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, they filmed that in <laughs> Wilmington. The whole morning. That, the they whole filmed movie. everything. That's crazy. I know. In the 80s, it was all the good shit was filmed there. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I think what it was, they saved uh, um, a lot of money on taxes. Like, they got a tax break for shooting there or something. I don't uh -huh. know. Something like that. It's always money. Right. <laughs> 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 nice perfect yeah i i had almost forgot about, that's it popped in my head i'm like Wait yeah a minute. well because it seems like such a uh um a good like how you would think of these things is like how that thing looked you know right right <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I'll have to uh, watch that again. It's been a while. <laughs> it popped in my head. I'm like, wait, am I wrong? It, it I, that's happened on... to me before. That's happened yeah. to me before where, like, movie images will pop in my head. I'm going to be like, is that a real thing I remember? Or it's I not... am, am I fucking crazy? <laughs> <laughs> there was one I was, I'm like, giant turtles with names engraved on them. And I'm like, it was driving me insane. So oh, I wow. asked my older, I asked my older brother, I'm like, um, I don't want to sound crazy, but was there a movie like when I was little but with giant turtles? And like, I'm like trying to describe <laughs> this movie. And he was like, yeah, it was a TV movie. I forgot what it was called, but it was a TV movie. And I just remember Connie Selico was in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a movie, Bermuda Depths. But I, oh, but wow. it's like it popped in my head like this just did. It was like, wait, was that a real movie? <laughs> Or, or you could do the thing. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and um, she was talking about how she had remembered a movie from her childhood, and right. she could never find it. You know, the beauty of the internet and IMDb is you can now find that shit that you has floating right. around your head. And um, she was like, "Did I make this movie up?" And she realized what she had done was she remembered mm-hmm. two separate movies and uh, intertwined them in her mind as one. And so right. she had to finally pick them apart and be like, oh, that's this and that's that. You know? <laughs> it's funny, but that yeah. tells you how our memory is. like Exactly. Like you remember bits and pieces and it was like, giant turtles like yeah. and then you and you and then you automatically go am i crazy am i making this <laughs> well, it, and like the <laughs> giant turtles thing it's amazing uh because i remember movies that way when i was a kid and i remember a flash of one scene so vividly mm-hmm. but i can't remember the rest of the movie you know, <laughs> right? So it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do I, how do I search this? Right. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> All right, you think we're good? Yeah, we're so good, and we'll be back soon. Because now that we're doing it grab bag style, no pressure, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got plenty of stuff to do. Um, quick question though before we say goodbye. Yeah. Do you have a caught paraphernalia under your mattress? <laughs> no. <laughs> From the intro, sorry. No, now I always had some kind of paraphernalia in but my mattress not... as a teenager. But yes. No, no. <laughs> All right, so we're good. You're safe. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.